So Cora had to suffer. No, 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 <laughs> wa- no food bowl, no water bowl. Cora had to suffer for other dogs to try these two. Okay. Welcome to the Exploring Washington State podcast. Here's your host, Scott Cowan. Welcome back to this episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast. My guest today is Kari Callaway. Yay, I did it right. With Puddles Barkery. Um, Kari, thank you for taking the time to be on the show today. Why don't you tell our audience? Oh, sorry, talking over you. Um, Why don't you tell our audience how, what's the backstory of Puddles Barkery? How did you get started? Um, let's start with the company first and we'll talk about you. Certainly. Yeah. So I was looking to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up and I didn't know. (laughs) And we had just adopted our dog, Cora. She was actually my very first dog. Um, and she is more adventure motivated than food motivated. So I've always been good at baking. I baked a lot with my mom growing up. And so I thought, well, let's see here. I can combine my baking skills and my knowledge that I need to find um, high value treats for my dog and go from there. And I did have, I did start it with, um, with a business in mind, um, because I didn't like the, um, industry that I was in at the time. So I wanted well, to find something new. On the spot, what were you in? At, at uh, property time? management. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You did tell me that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, a. Uh, I was in a great company with good people that loved property management and I did not love property management. <laughs> I can understand that. Okay. So you started. Um, yeah. So I started well, puddles in 2014. Okay. Um, I uh, started actually with the name. I had a couple ideas and I, I just did a bunch of research on the treats and kind of figured out what I might want to do and did a lot of um, trial and error with the flavors that Cora would like. By the way, she does not like bananas. Um, is is no banana a common dog treat flavor? Well, if you think about peanut butter, banana is often added with it. Well, for humans. Well, yeah, but dogs do that. Or Elvis, do that for dogs Elvis too. Presley. No. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, but, uh, and there, there are dogs that like peanut butter and dogs that don't like peanut butter. So I came up with some recipes without any peanut butter in them at all. And also trying to find health beneficial ingredients, like I use the unsweetened applesauce for the fat agent, and apples are really great for dogs. I have got some pumpkin seeds in one of my treats. Um, I do carrots or blueberries in my pep cakes. Um, and then oatmeal is a really great digestive for both humans and dogs. And so just trying to find um, small number of ingredients per treat, but everything that you could read, like nothing, uh, all human grade. Just good things without the salt and sugar for the dogs. Okay. So you're testing these things. Cora, obviously, you wouldn't have a, a business if Cora didn't like your products. True. Uh, so you're testing initial sample size. Cora's Cora's liking these things. She's not food motivated, so she's she's you're you're happy here. Yes. How did you go about testing it? with other dogs because still you got one dog that's happy doesn't mean you have a business yet right right and one of the main things that she didn't like was the hard crunchy treats so biscuits you need to have biscuits for training and everything but she wasn't a big fan of the ones that were hard and crunchy um so i actually make sure that there's moisture in my treats so they're soft and squishy instead of hard crunchy okay um so then i also had we had friends with dogs um so um one of our friends, um, Candace and Brett, they have a dog named Cassie. And so she, she is food motivated. So she was not necessarily the best taste tester, but she got to try lots of things. And, um, and then, uh, after getting everything registered and all the guaranteed analysis done, I actually started selling treats in, um, February of 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I really just started at events. So, um, My very first event, I remember thinking, okay, I think I've got all the setup that I want. But one thing that I didn't have right away was some some samples. So as soon as we got there, I was like, nope, we need samples. So I took the dog bowl that we brought for Cora and put that on the table and 
crumbled up some samples of the biscuit treats and gave out samples and we've been we give out samples every every day or every uh event that we're at so cora had to suffer no no no, <laughs> wa- no food bowl no water bowl cora had to suffer for other dogs to try these two. okay we just had put, ex- we had extra bowls yeah she, to, she managed so trying to put in perspective here no just, just kidding <laughs> so from concept to first event how long how long did this take you it was just a, about a, over a half a year. So okay. I had been thinking of it earlier in 2014. I k- registered the um, the business when I came up with the name that mm-hmm. I liked in um, July. And then, I mean, there's really, people don't quite know that there's such a process to to get dog treats to market because it's not, it's not 100% human, um, the human route, but it's not mm-hmm. 100% like feed route as well for animals. Okay. So you have to do a little bit of a little little bit, bit behind the scenes, like pay for the guaranteed analysis for each of that of the uh, treats, make up a label for each of the treats, get that approved by the state of Washington, um, mm-hmm. Department of Agriculture, and uh, and then once that's approved, then you can get going and and insurance. Insurance was very big too because it's food. <laughs> what the guaranteed analysis how often do you have to have that done just once with every new item or each batch it's not each batch it's um anytime the recipe changes so you know the modicum of change when there might be one ounce difference in in a in something that you're doing 150 ounces of is Mm -hmm. not is not a change um if i were to actually change the recipe and swap out and um like for example actually my bacon bites started with uh cornmeal because i found that i liked the texture but it was really just for the texture it wasn't there for filler um it was used for texture so i um but everyone was like well we hate cornmeal i'm like i get it it's that's not part of the recipe that's (laughs) that's that's, uh that's not the purpose of that in the recipe however i went and um did some research tried some chia seeds core did not like those um and then i ended up with the the pumpkin seeds because again health beneficial ingredient but also Mm -hmm. it gave me the texture that i wanted okay all right um, so in a lot of yeah i had so i had to change the label when i did that one too and then Every two years, you have to re-register the labels with the state of Washington. So okay. there's a bit behind the scenes. But once that was done, I was able to, you know, I got my website up and started to do events. Very small number of events to start. But, um, you know, finding the events before they happened was the hard part when getting started. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, so anytime new makers uh, talk to me, I'm like, okay, well, if you see that I'm going to be in an event and you think that might be good for you, reach out because I can get you the contacts because I know how hard it is to find those events before they happen. And so a lot of the events I started at were bigger ticket events like 5Ks that was about, you know, three to $500 just to be there. So I didn't make money at the beginning. <laughs> That's a lot of dog treats. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, that it would have been a lot of dog treats to make up those event fees, right. but I've since found out better better events. Okay, well, let's we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna pause the company now. Mm-hmm. We're gonna come back. Okay. You live in the Seattle area. I do. Yeah. How, we live how in long Ballard. have you lived in Washington? Washington for ten, oh, just over ten years. So, what brought you out to Washington? Yeah. So, actually, my um, my two B husband brought me out to Washington. <laughs> Okay. So he, he what, had a new new employment or? Uh, no, no. Actually, um, I was living in Albuquerque at the time and okay. I came to visit my one of my best friends up in the Seattle area because she and she was renting out a room from a house with a lot of people in it. Mm-hmm. And um, my husband was one of those people. So I came to visit her uh-huh. <laughs> and we hung out and then I went back to Albuquerque and wasn't planning on staying. And was kind of thinking Seattle anyway because my friend was there. Okay. But yeah, he definitely um, expedited the the process of coming up to Seattle. Where did you grow up? In- I grew up in Minnesota. So um, I'm originally from St. Cloud, Minnesota, and um, all my family's out there pretty much. But uh, I do love it question, in Seattle. Why? <laughs> what? Why? Because it's cold there. I th- I think of Minnesota. I have this this 
this in I think it's I know it's inaccurate, but I <laughs> I I think of, you know, Minnesota is like 11 months of winter with one week of summer <laughs> and three weeks of meh. And I know I'm wrong. I know I'm wrong. And cuz I went to Minneapolis one time for a conference and there was so much rain coming down that they actually locked us into the restaurant. Oh, I've wow. never, yeah. ever seen anything like this before in my life. Yeah. And we were at this Brazilian steakhouse, which was all you could eat. So I was like, okay, well, I could be worse places. But right, it was true. just this flash thing coming through. And Minneapolis is an interesting city. Oh, yeah. That's, it's a fascinating city. And that's really my limitation of my Minnesota knowledge. That and Prince is from there. Um, yes. <laughs> and I know, I and I'm totally kidding you about the weather and all that, but... Did you did you go to college in in Minnesota? So did I grew you? up in yeah I grew up in Minnesota and I actually went to college in Moorhead, Minnesota, which is basically Fargo, North Dakota. Wouldn't okay. recommend it for the views, but it's okay. but it's a, it's a nice place. Um, okay, it is very flat. And okay. um, after college, I actually um, didn't have anything better to do, so I did follow an old um, boyfriend to Albuquerque. Okay. Um, to to just start career stuff and and what did you what place. did you get started in what was what was co- what was your college degree and what did you you know yeah so college degree was completely different um, I actually I uh, majored in music and psychology I uh, went to Concordia College and they're a big um, choral college and yep. was in the choir there and I grew up singing okay. and then I moved to Albuquerque which has two choirs in the whole state um, and. Uh, uh, but it was, it, I got into um, banking. I just got into a credit union down there, okay. um, the Kirk, Kirkland Fed, or Kirtland Federal Credit Union um, okay. on the Air Force Base there. And it, wor- it worked out for me. I started on the teller line, um, ended up in the, the phone center for a while too. But yeah, okay. it was, I, I like math and, and numbers and things. So being in a bank wasn't, wasn't horrible. <laughs> and, and then, Life happened. You end up in Seattle. Yes, when life happened, I ended up in Seattle. Property and it, management, which <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I actually found a choir first. That was my okay. first thing that I found, um, and then uh, had to, I hopped around a few different jobs. A couple, um, like I got in part of a a temp agency for some admin work, and okay. that's how I ended up in property management. Was a temp to hire position there, um, which okay. was fine. Yeah, but not not music. No, not 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 music. I do use my psychology degree all the time with, uh, you know, both um, customer service with the property management and customer service for my own customers and marketing. So definitely, definitely that one is always in back of mind. And oh, yeah, that's right. So growing up, did you have any entrepreneurial no. No. <laughs> no did anyone not, in your did anyone uh, in your family have entrepreneurial? Yeah. So actually my mom um worked for the Northern States Power Company, NSP, for a long time. And then they were bought by XL Energy. Okay. And she she applied for her job, her boss's job, and her boss's boss's job per my, <laughs> you know, dad's request. Mm-hmm. Um and she didn't get any of them. So she actually became a piano tuner. So she did her own business. Um, okay. Interesting. <laughs> that seems that seems out of there, but again, we're a very musical family. Yeah, right. If you're a musical family, it, it seems perfectly logical. Actually, the the electric yeah. company seems the, the outlier. Okay. Yeah, the, it was maybe the outlier. I mean, she she rose ranks because she started as a um, meter reader, and so she's mm-hmm. got lots of stories that way. See that you know, me, reading the meter in Minnesota just <laughs> does not sound like a fun job. It no, cold. no, I, it, it it would be cold. It would be cold. <laughs> Okay. There's only six months of winter, but that's still six months. <laughs> that's what the marketing brochures will let you think. <laughs> okay, so you you moved to Seattle. You're you're. Do you like living in Seattle? I love living in Seattle. Okay. Seattle is what, definitely my home. <laughs> what neighborhood do you live in? Uh, right now, Ballard. Um, Ballard. We actually started in Columbia City, and I loved it there. Mm-hmm. But we were forced to move because our townhouse owners were moving back in. Okay. And so we had a limited number of uh, amount of time to find a new place that would accept our dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so we actually did luck out the area that we're in. We do enjoy it quite a bit. I mean, Ballard's 
awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually is a is a reverse commute to most places, which is kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Um, although it is it is out there. <laughs> it, it it was yeah. So what what neighborhood in Ballard? Um, so we're actually in like the west uh, west. What is it called? Sorry, West Woodland area. So we're we're just on fifteenth and 59th. Or uh, sorry, fifteenth. Sorry, that's when I'm fifteenth and Northwest Market Street. So, what's the best coffee shop near near your place? Um, actually, right across the street is Biscuit and Bean, and you can't go wrong with um, um, their handmade biscuits. And they have okay. uh, so a really good. They make their own uh, vanilla bean um, stuff from real vanilla. So, okay. it's nice. Coffee. Are you a, are you a coffee drinker? <laughs> I do both coffee and tea. Actually, I do like them both. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> What's your coffee drink of choice? My coffee drink of choice is usually just a plain latte because if you do a really good, if you can do a really good latte, you can, you know, you've got great, great coffee. Um, I don't, I don't want any sweetener. I'm good mm-hmm. without it. Um, okay. It's just, you know, you have, if you have good beans, you've got a good so coffee. So what's the, what milk do you choose? Um, usually just regular. Just regular, like. Yeah, just regular milk? like whole or milk. 2%. Okay. Yeah, I um, I it, it tastes I'm better. S- I'm secretly judging you. Um, <laughs> I'm not really. I'm actually you're, you're answering the questions pretty correct. I I'm I'm just I like just black coffee. Oh yeah. If I'm gonna add milk to it, it would be whole milk or you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if I do cream. if I do black coffee, I like a you know not quite caramel color. Still close to black, but not too, but with a little bit of whole milk. Okay. Yeah. Have you ever been to Mabel? Where's that? You're not supposed to ask me that question. Um, <laughs> I have to look. Now we're going to look. Okay. We're going to look at where Mabel is because Mabel, if you haven't been there. I don't know that I have, but I always look good for, I always look for good coffee places. Mabel is located at. 7001 24th Avenue. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're yeah. we're on 15th. I don't always venture all the way over to 24th, but yeah, that'd be Mabel a good place. Is, um, I've enjoyed Mabel. Um, nice. They have, um, oh my gosh. They're, they're, they call their coffee Coffee for the Road Less Traveled, which I think is interesting. Oh, nice. And then, yeah. Um, but it, they are serving, I want to make sure I say the brand correctly. <laughs> Um, da, 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 and I don't know that they have it on their website. It's it's a Seattle it's a Seattle roaster, and I am struggling. This is how you fill dead air. Um, <laughs> I've got a lot of. They're I've not got a lot selling. Of they're not selling coffee by oh fundamental. Okay. Oh okay, Yeah. Fundamental coffee out of uh, yeah. So they carry this the humbucker. Yep. The double indigo, the decaf, decaf humbucker, and the Silk Road. Yeah, and I really like fundamental coffee. Nice. And um, that is a uh, if you like a darker roasted coffee. If you're if you're more of a light roast person, mm-hmm. not so much. Gotcha. I, I'm I'm okay. mixing up my kind of routine <laughs> here. When and so this is typically something I ask you towards the end of the episode, but we'll go we'll throw it here in the sure. In the, Okay. So when you're not baking dog biscuits, what do you like to do for fun and excitement in the greater Seattle area or just around the state? Yes. Well, hiking is a big one. Um, Of course, with a Husky, you need to go hiking. Okay. And so Cora enjoys it just as much as I do. So we, you know, she she does. Oh, yeah. She she probably (laughs) likes it even more than I do. But uh, if it were up to her, she would be hiking all the time. So where's a great hike to take a dog? Um, well, nearby, we're very close to Discovery Park, and we do that one often, especially if I can't get out of the city for too long. But, you know, Highway 2, there are so many um, uh, hikes off of Highway 2 that are just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, even off of 90, there's just a lot of good ones. We I do like the um, Rattlesnake Mountain Trail because it's a little less busy than Rattlesnake Ledge. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's just on the other side of the mountain. So you mm-hmm. can technically make it like a 10 mile hike if you want to go um, all the way through or okay. through hike it. But uh, it's nice. And oh. um, 
I mean, anywhere really we've, um, so my dog did just tear her other ACL. Um, so she's been recovering. So we have to go to places that are flat that we can, I can bring the stroller. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So how does a dog recover from an ACL? So surgery. So she had surgery. Um, in, in the beginning of February. And then we just, you have to wait about two weeks with just doing potty walks. And then you can start adding like five minute walks, then a week later, 10 minute walks and 15, etc. Um, so oh. just, um, we're probably up to 50, 55 minute walks right now. So we can go a ways. Um, mm-hmm. We actually did, where did we go? We Oh, we went, just went to the Arboretum and oh. walked around there for about an hour and 15, an hour and a half or so. And that was good. But it was also flat. So, you know, she's um, we, she also did some water therapy to strengthen her legs because, you know, sitting there, there's a lot of uh, muscle atrophy that happens. Right. Um, right. So you, is this, this wasn't the first time? Is this a This is repeat? the second one. Yeah. So, so what ha- was, how did this happen? What were you... So it's actually a hereditary um, thing. So um, it's uh, it, ACL is what it's the equivalent in humans. It's actually called a CCL because it's a canine, whatever, whatever. Okay. Um, but basically there's, um, it doesn't usually happen in Huskies. It's actually kind of rare for that um, or less rare. I have seen some other Huskies that it's happened to. Usually it's in like Goldens and Labs that really have this happen to them um, because of jeans uh but she it happened the, to her the when jeans she are six. too tight that they're wearing it's so, sorry <laughs> i know right sorry <laughs> no that was it's bad. it's basically the tendon that goes across the knee so mm-hmm. instead of the the knee um you know staying in place it actually gets it moves forward and so that's right. not very comfortable for the dog and no. uh um no uh, the very first time it happened, it was it was very traumatic because she was, you know, she yelped and she was running while it happened, and she's oh. like, "What happened?" And I don't understand. And we were at at Marymore, and mm-hmm. so luckily there it was on a Saturday, so there were lots of people there. Right. And so some uh, some wife some uh, lady uh, volunteered her husband to carry her to someone else's car that was at the parking lot closest to us, and then a very nice lady drove her car, us in her car over to my car, which was at the opposite parking lot that was much further away. <laughs> wow. Okay. <Yeah. laughs> and at the time, my husband was actually on a flight um, to uh, to 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 Japan. So oh. <laughs> I was all, <laughs> I had to figure wow. it all out. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, well, we did, um, since it's not as common in Huskies, they were not hundred percent sure that it was an ACL tear, but found an emergency vet and she at least got some drugs to try to help. And, um, after how do you the very keep first the, day. how do you keep a dog? I mean, <laughs> I have a puppy. Yeah. Well, and, she was she was six at the time, and yeah, luckily, but I'm thinking, how do you convince a, a dog that you need to stay off that thing? Uh, baby yeah. gates. She was she was gated into a small section of the house, so she couldn't run if she wanted to. Gotcha. Baby okay. gates. Yeah. Right. And did you feed her a lot of treats? Oh yeah, she got treats. <laughs> um, you know, we got a help them up harness, which basically um, you're, allows you to pick up their back end. Mm-hmm. Um, because we have we're in a three story townhouse that we're renting, and we have stairs. Mm. And so if she wants to hang out with us. We have to lift her up the stairs at least until after surgery and a couple weeks after surgery. Gotcha. You know, oh. probably four to six weeks after surgery, we tried to keep her less on the stairs, and and then just. Just go into the bathroom walks. So, not much. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, she's... Oh, ouch. Mm-hmm. But once, once she was approved, um, water therapy helped a lot, a lot too. So, um, allowing her to be in a water-filled tank and w- walking on, on that got her energy out, which was really oh, good. Really? Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, she was definitely happiest and tired the next day after having water therapy. <laughs> Interesting. You know yeah. Plus, of course, then it also helps with uh, building back the muscle. You do that with you just our puppy. have to wait. Hmm? I wonder if I could put a little treadmill in the bathtub with the puppy. Mm. <laughs> pondering. See, you never know where these shows are going to go. Now I'm it's pondering, true. you know, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, a homemade water therapy. Anyway. Water therapy tub. 
<laughs> Does Cora go with you when you're selling treats at shows? She did before the pandemic. Um, she's getting older now, so she's a little bit more crotchety. <laughs> um, she uh, she has opinions. She's very she does, opinionated. Huh? Yeah. So does does she not play well with other dogs at times? Um, or is it other people? It no. She could she could care. She would just want to escape. So when oh, I would gotcha. take her to um, events, I always brought a folded a folding crate. So there was actually mm-hmm. a really nice camping dog crate that we found, um, and I would take that for her. And she would usually sit out and lounge for a while. And then when she was tired of people looking at her, she would go in her crate. And then okay. she, when she was really tired of being there, she would go underneath the table, and. Uh, so my my uh, banner design is actually her, um, of her placed underneath it, like laying down underneath the tablecloth. Um, oh, okay. So that's because that, could have just been clear, and then she could have just seen her through the clear banner. Yeah, um, okay. but she doesn't always like to be. She likes to people watch. She loves to people watch. She's a very good creeper puppy, um, but she doesn't always want to have the return. And since she's so pretty, most people want to return her uh, her affection, her watching. Yeah. <laughs> We're, we're experiencing that too. Yes. Um, but she's, you know, she, um, most of the time she's a really good draw to the booth. Um, and you know, two or two or three hours is probably okay for her to come with. Um, Mm -hmm. it's more the five, six hours. It's like, no, it's not worth it. And she'd get crumpy and, and every once in a while she just doesn't like a dog and then they bark at it. She barks at them and I hold her over here and like, sorry. And then they walk away and it's like, well, you won't get to meet that dog now, but that's how it goes when you started selling these at market how how was it received um pretty well um i did have to do a lot of finessing with because they're all perishable treats um a lot of education was needed to say you know you've got to refrigerate them um since there's uh basically moisture plus heat equals mold and so that's what (laughs) happens to my treats (laughs) i leave some of the moisture in there (laughs) <laughs> and then if they get too warm or have been sitting in a warmer spot, you know, just like our bread, um, mm-hmm. um, it will get mold. Um, so it was a lot of uh, education wise of teaching people, oh, yes, please refrigerate them, you know, but I have a, all my treats can be frozen really well from three to six months in the freezer. Okay. And then the gourmet ones are about a week in the fridge and the biscuits three to four weeks in the fridge. So they've got a good shelf life. It's just knowing that they have a shelf life right, <laughs> that you can't right. just set them in your, cl- in your treat closet and forget about them for months. So you had to educate the public. How, yes. how did the public, how has that been received by, by. So it's actually been received pet, pretty well. Pet owners. Yeah, um, most, I mean, you always have the pet owners that are where dogs are really just kind of there and they aren't really family. And those ones I don't really get through to. They're like, why would I pay this much for a little bit of treats? And other ones who actually are very interested in um, a healthy diet for their dogs, um, they're the ones that are like, yes, that makes sense. Just like our food, we want to store these in the fridge. Like that totally tracks. That, yeah, that seems pretty logical doesn't it when you yeah when you say yeah. it like that yeah so and you know it, it like i said i just took some education and i've still had people every once in a while and be like oh i'm sorry i forgot to put them in the fridge like what do i do it's like well you know we can give you a little discount on your next one thanks for letting us know and you know now you know and now you've seen what happens and right. and you know people are wondering oh are they gonna go bad i was like no they're not gonna go bad they're just gonna get moldy because that's what mold just right. happens and your dog probably doesn't you know need need the jokingly penicillin right um <laughs> what's your i don't well i sometimes i ask questions like this but yeah. so i'm I'm on the shopping cart right now yeah what's your best seller what's the most po- let me rephrase yes. that what's the most popular how about that we'll go so i really had to say two of them so the okay. bacon bites you can't go wrong with bacon no um, you really can't you really can't go wrong with bacon bacon bites is definitely like the top one, um, okay. but I'll followed very closely, if not about the same with the cakes. So I make custom cakes for dogs and I make them um, individual sized. So 
you know, there are some, there's a couple of dog bakeries in the area that really make big cakes that are meant to be shared, but mm-hmm. it feels like cutting a dog cake is less of what happens than like people cutting human cakes. Some mm-hmm. people want the big cakes and that's fine, but mine I make for kind of a single serving for like a 50-ish pound dog. Um, so if you have a smaller dog, you can easily cut it in, in smaller pieces too, and then they can celebrate for more days. But, um, you know, having kind of a personal sized um, and then I make my own frosting without any sugar. So there's zero sugar. It's um, a cream cheese, peanut butter and chicken broth frosting. And then I add, lost me with the chicken broth. Yes. <laughs> I don't know that I want to try these. Now. I, I So I have I'm, that's actually the only thing I haven't tried is the frosting because I enjoy my cheesecakes and I really don't want to have a taste aversion to the to the feel of a cheesecake. <laughs> so you you i was gonna ask you have you have you tried yeah so what's your favorite um well my favorite is the milo and oats it's the molasses oats and peanut butter one and really it's just it's 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 exactly what we would eat for an energy bar molasses oats peanut butter uh, wheat flour applesauce and water and that's it it's actually pretty tasty because um, it's got the the molasses for a little sweetness and the peanut butter for that savory. Mm-hmm. Um, the bacon bites aren't bad. I've actually um, had some uh, people I've hiked with are like, well, if you add a little bit of salt, these would actually be pretty good. <laughs> okay. Um, and then uh, I was very surprised with the blueberry cheddar pup cakes because um, I was I wasn't sure what that would be like, but really the cheddar just made it a little bit creamier. So. Pro tip for you and your fans, um, make your blueberry muffins and put a little bit of, you know, put a half cup to a full cup of ch- shredded cheddar cheese and it'll just be creamier and and it'll look, look really pretty. Do you see the look on my face? I'm just kind of <laughs> giving you kind of, the, you know, audio only folks, but I'm kind right. of looking there like, what? No, okay. no, was, seriously. <laughs> Seems uh, odd, but. It just doesn't seem like a combination that would work to be you know i was very skeptical too but then i finally tried it and it was it was actually so where did good. you get the inspiration to put blueberry and in, in, in cheddar together well actually you we're so, just sitting around on a friday afternoon going hmm, i've got a lot of blueberries <laughs> i've got some cheddar cheese let's just whip up a cupcake no I, I actually i started with the carrot and cheddar so i started with carrot and cheddar cupcakes and that seems a little bit more like on par you've got your vegetable so... and your cheese um, well, I, I think I also found um, just an online recipe that I heavily doctored, but it was mm-hmm. carrots and cheddar. I was like, okay, cool. So I started with the carrot and cheddar, and then I was looking for a new flavor, and I was like, well, let me try blueberry and banana. And like I said before, Cora was not into bananas. So I was like, well, what else can I do? And I thought, well, my other one has cheese in it. Dogs love cheese. Let's try cheese. <laughs> So I just, I mean, they do love cheese. Mm-hmm. I just did the uh, carrot and cheddar recipe and substituted the blueberries for the carrots and then substituted the water for the chicken broth because I wanted one that um, in case there's any dogs with protein issues or poultry issues, they could eat the cupcakes. So that's kind of how I got it. Just some recipe substitutions. <laughs> mm, okay. Hmm. No. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I mean, I, I just. I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't expect it. It's, I, it's not a flavor. I, I'm stuck on this blueberry and cheddar <laughs> thing. I'll be honest with you. At the moment, I'm just really stuck on it. And, and it's like these two things to me, and I'm not a dog, but these two things to me just don't seem like a complimentary <laughs> flavor. I like blueberries. I like cheese. Don't know that I want. Them Is that, remember the old ad you know cho- you got chocolate my peanut butter peanut butter my chocolate you yeah. know you know okay chocolate and peanut butter works we all agree yeah blueberries and cheddar well think okay. about you 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 put your fig spread on your um goat cheese and your brie why not blueberries <laughs> i mean i, I can't you, you're using your psychology degree i can tell yes um i'm not <laughs> i'm not I'm just, I'm just stuck on it. Let's just, let's just leave it. At, I'm okay. just stuck on it at the moment. That's all right. They're not for you anyway. No, I know. I know. But, but see, but here's the thing. It's like, I'm running it through my filters thinking, oh, you know, and I don't want to say, oh, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but yeah. like, oh, my dog wouldn't like that. 
My dog just ate something in the park that I'm disgusted by. He'd probably love blueberries and cheddar. Let's be honest. <laughs> well, okay. and they do look they do look very human edible, which is part of the point. You want them to look I want them to look pretty and right. um, you know, the pretty part is for the humans, but the tasty part is for the dogs and I've had plenty of people who've told me, "Oh yeah, I've had the the pupcakes either either flavor in the fridge, and it clearly says dog treats on the label." But someone will go in there, someone's husband will go in there and be like, "Oh, this this cupcake tastes Wait, a little weird." So, it's always the husband that's doing this. It's usually, always the man. Usually, it's always. I mean, oh, come on now. <laughs> well, you know, not maybe not always. I've had other no, people. You're, you're probably just... not wrong. I mean, I just got to make a feeble attempt at defending my. <laughs> My, my gender. No, we wouldn't do that. Uh, I mean, yeah, you know, that. usually the ones who aren't looking at the labels will do that. Um, yeah, but mid, also the midnight I've had, fridge run. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But I've also had some people be like, well, I tried a bite too and it wasn't bad. You know, it's like, it's not tasty, but not bad. Okay. It's just, so are they just more, if you would, would you just say that they're just kind of for a human taste, just maybe a little bland? Yep, exactly. They're just okay. bland because yeah. there's no salt or sugar. Right. Yeah. So one of the things I'm reading here, I don't know which one I'm on. I'm on the um, carrot and cheddar. Yes. And and I think this is going to be the same as I read this. So it says here that all treats are made with as many local and organic ingredients as possible. Yes. And also, please check with your vet before introducing new treats to your pet's diet. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. So let's talk sourcing of, of, of ingredients. Yes. Where, where and how are you going about sourcing? Yes. Um, well, the good news is I go to the farmer's market and I'm um, since 2019, I've been at a farmer's market, which has been really great. Mm-hmm. So I um, actually source my flour right now through Shepherd's Grain. So they actually have a bunch of farmers throughout Washington and Oregon, but they they have they do their stuff. And basically they qualify all these um, uh, flour makers and um, harvesters. And so it's all sustainable um, harvesting. So they don't Mm -hmm. use the pesticides before they harvest, which is really the important part. Um, Because you may not uh, know this, but basically um, any grain that's either not organic or sustainable, um, they'll actually spray the wheat before they harvest. And Mm. for humans, it's... we probably would be better without it, sure. But for mm-hmm. dogs, it's actually more um, harmful to them than it is to humans. So okay. it's very important that all my wheat products are either organic or sustainable. And organic is one of those buzzwords that you have to pay <laughs> a lot of money to be certified. But a lot of people, if not 100% uh, organic practices, like they've... They've come up with the sustainable label because um, sustainable and regenerative is what they call it. But they do use some pesticides after they've harvest for the soil over the winter time. But that's it. Um, So it's not actually a part of any of the grains and everything, but it doesn't qualify for organic. And again, you have to spend lots of money to (laughs) to get the testing and everything for organic. Um, Right. Okay. Yeah. So that's my wheat. Um, okay. I use. Where are you getting your blueberries at? The blueberries. I'm trying to remember the farm. Um, shoot, shoot, shoot. Which farm is it? I can see it. Ras. Is it Rasmussen? Something like that. It's one of the local farms, and they do actually have the frozen blueberries in the stores, um, which okay. is helpful. And then also, I think Bow Bow Hill um, blueberries. I'll get their b- blueberries um, okay. when I'm able to as well. So natural, local farms. um, What about the cheddars? Are you using like cougar gold? uh, The cheddar, I don't really source. So the cheddar I source from cash and carry. Um, That that one I don't have and I don't use enough to really develop. Is it a mild cheddar or do you go with a sharp? Um, Usually I do the mild cheddar. So, uh, or no, I think I I do the sharp cheddar. So there's a um, A little more. A little bit more, yeah, a little bit more to it. It's got a nice color. Um, It also kind of just depends what's available. I, I, um, I prefer the sharp, but the mild works too. It's um, that one's again. I'm I don't quite use enough to be able to Mm -hmm. source that from um, another place. Uh, You know, someday I'll be able to source that (laughs) too. But uh, and then of course, you know the the eggs come from the local. The I try to do as local as possible, and 
whether that's from the actual farmer's market or from the store with the local with the local brand either one okay um walk me through a day of baking (laughs) well i'll actually have to walk you through two different days of baking so okay um i right now i do three to four main baking days a month um at my um, commercial kitchen for the biscuit treats so basically i will make the doughs and then it's in a big pile and i just start rolling and cutting and baking um and is this just you or do you have help i do have help thank goodness um i used it used to be just me for about eight to ten hours um on those days of you know making the dough um getting everything cleaned up and then um yeah you just grab a dough roll it out um i still roll by hand um i know there's some i think they're called sheeters that i could get i'm a little Mm -hmm. nervous because my dough is a little sticky and um i'm at a commercial kitchen where someone offered me to use their sheeter to see if it worked and before i bought my own Mm -hmm. but i'm a little nervous to like gum up their machine and then have to clean that all and that takes time too but it it actually sounds like maybe an an experiment that you should should yes i should set aside an extra day of cleanup maybe and you know try if i uh, yeah i think i should do another an extra day and then that way i'd know if i could do that or not and it'd be one more thing to to invest in for sure um, mm-hmm. but otherwise okay. it's just the rolling and the, the rolling and the cutting. And then I have some multicolor cutters, thankfully. Um, okay. So I've got, did a, you have to have those custom made or no, there's a cookiecutters.com actually has, um, had some bone shapes in the multicutters, which was great. Okay. And they do custom ones. And I thought about getting, um, so I also have a couple small heart shapes that, you know, when you do a bunch of bones, there's usually some dough that might not um afford you to do another bone but Mm -hmm. i might have um room for a small heart and so i Mm -hmm. I usually put one heart at least one heart per bag um when i'm filling too that's cool that's a cool touch (laughs) just a little yeah just a little like kind of special so how long the day that you're making the dough how long is that taking you um with the help it's more of a six to eight hour day into the instead of an eight to ten hour day which my body thanks me for Okay. And then day two. Um, And then so this other day I will, it's, it's more of a half day, thank goodness. Um, But the pupcakes, I only have, I have a limited number of pans, so it's only me, but it only takes about three to four hours um, for me to do like a six batch of the blueberry cheddar or the carrot and cheddar pupcakes. So that's just, um, the dough is a little bit easier. I don't have to use the Hobart mixer that I used at the commercial kit or, or use okay. uh, for the uh, biscuit treats. Um, so yeah, that's a question you mentioned Hobart. So how big of a, of a mixer are you, are you, are you running here? I, I'm using, I'm using an ancient mixer. Um, uh-huh. uh, it's big, it's, it's a uh, big, it has a shifter and okay. it, uh, it's, uh, I, I think I just use the, I mean, the normal big size, so... Well, they come in multiple... And the only reason I know this sizes. is a friend of mine used to... Um, when he got started in his 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 spice journey, mm-hmm. um, he was renting a commercial kitchen up in Shoreline. Mm-hmm. And I went there one time to, to observe, and I think it was a 20-quart. It was... It was... It's big and it's heavy. <laughs> it's big and it's heavy, and, and he was just mixing spices, right. which is much easier than a than a wet dough. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's okay. just big and big and heavy, and you gotta you gotta have those upper body muscles, um, right? And yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, I don't know how old it is. Um, the it, 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 trust me, it doesn't matter. It's a very they're old like tanks. There's like tanks. Yeah, they're they they are like tanks. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. In fact, I would think that the older ones are probably probably um, the best. <laughs> they're probably yeah, they're, they're, they're probably going to live they're, forever. They're almost bulletproof. They they're, really are almost bulletproof. They're the cockroaches that will be. Left. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Hobart Company is going to sue us both. You, you know that for disparaging them and calling them cockroaches and saying that we should <laughs> no. not buy a new one. Yeah. Well, okay. yeah. I mean, maybe I don't know how the new ones are, but uh, the old ones are definitely hardy and they are not going away. <laughs> No, and they are, they're one of those things that you, you know, once you set it, you don't move it again. Yeah. It's like, 
oh yeah i think we should move no it's staying right yeah it's a really big machine it's honestly it's uh as tall as me and i'm Mm -hmm. like five six and it's huge and it's uh i i had the i had actually use the millionaire club charity for my commercial kitchen when I started, but then they stopped doing their shared kitchen experience and theirs was smaller. The base was smaller, but the bowl was just as big. Um, I think Uh this one I can use an even bigger bowl, but I don't need to thank goodness. (laughs) So how long does it take to mix up a batch of dough? Uh, Not too long. Maybe, you know, probably more, not more than like five, 10, five, 10 minutes at the most. So the actual mixing part is a very small percentage of the day, um, but the Milo and Oats uh, recipe is rather sticky, so I actually keep about a cup of flour to the side so that I can like scrape right. and then reflour, so it'll actually like stick together. <laughs> okay. So, so you're doing this three or four times a month now. At this yes. point, yeah, three or okay. four times a month for the big like um, biscuit treat days, and then mm-hmm. probably. Four to five times a month for the half days for the okay. um, um, cupcakes. So that's a that's a pretty good amount of volume. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. A- and you're at the Ballard Farmers Market, correct? Yes, I'm at the Ballard okay. Farmers Market every week, and then Madrona and Wallingford are starting, and so I'll be there like every other week. Have you tried any outside? Yes. Are those the only ones you've tried to this point? Uh, last year, I did the Snohomish market as well. Mm-hmm. And this year, I didn't apply because I am part of the um, Seattle Restored program. So I'm right. actually doing the Seattle Restored Eats. And we're at the 9th and Thomas building in South Lake Union and popping up um, once a week at least through we're ho- so right now we're scheduled through the end of May and hopefully we'll all they'll be able to schedule through the end of June is kind of the plan. Um, mm-hmm. It's a grant program, so I guess it depends on how it goes. Sure. <laughs> um, but uh, me and six other um, human food vendors are mm-hmm. um, doing this pop up so that there's someone there once a once or every day from ten to three on. Um, okay. Yeah, that location. So because of that and um, and also because this year I'm trying to um, – my goal is to make money and have a life, um, I, mm. I decided that I wouldn't do too many farmer's markets. <laughs> okay. And then you sell them on the web too. Yes. How, how's the online sales for you? I mean, is it – So it, it started out pretty slow, but through when COVID hit, I actually spent a lot more time directing people to the website and getting mm-hmm. – and so that I did grow that quite a bit. It's still I, – I don't remember exactly, but I still say it's probably only 25% of business. Okay. Um, but people will people will buy cakes through the website most often because then I have pickup locations for them to pick up the cakes. Mm-hmm. Um and that works out pretty well for the custom one. So uh, most of my online orders are going to be custom cakes, but I do ship around the U.S. And I, um, we, we do get orders for, um, for shipping, too. So where's the strangest place you've had to ship to so far? Or let's just say most, most exotic. How's that? Well, I did ship to Alaska once. Okay. <laughs> I was a little... Oh, and Hawaii. <laughs> I was a little worried about Hawaii because um, mm. perishable treats. But I do ship right. with ice packs. Um, and just, you know, making sure, uh, most of the time nowadays, if I, if I ship anywhere on the East coast or Alaska or, um, Hawaii, I use the UPS three day shipping to make sure that it's there, you know, in the good amount of time. (laughs) So I'm, I'm on your, um, your locations. Yes. And you have an interesting to me. (laughs) <laughs> segment of like um where did it go <laughs> well I, w- I went out and i've been I finding mean, you've got pickles playland yes <laughs> I mean, i'm sorry that's just a funny name <laughs> but you have um or cape bow wow camp Bow Wow. yeah but um where'd it go east side beer works i mean yeah Beer and dog treats. So they have a... That sounds like blueberry and cheddar to me. <laughs> really? Don't you want to bring your dog to the brewery that you're going to and get him a treat too? 
Oh, fair enough. So, so they're basic. They do um, in the summertime. We'll actually um, give them, uh, or they'll they'll get uh, our pup cakes and cannoli by the dozen, so they can just do onesie twosies for their um, menu, so that dogs can have treats while they're sitting outside with their humans. Junkyard bones. Yes, they're. Uh, um, Who's naming these companies? They, well, there's come some cool names here. Well, you, you, the sky's the limit when you have a dog brand. The sky's yeah, the limit. True. We get the best names. We get the best so, names. You're doing. It's a downpour coffee bar. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So some of them are pickup locations. So I can see coffee and a blueberry oh, yeah. cheddar. Yeah. Cupcake. Now I, I can. I can. I can go. You can get that. behind that. I can be behind. <laughs> Well, if you How did you find all these places? What, what what was that like when you go knocking, you know, proverbially knocking on the door saying, "Hey, I'd like to have you do something." Um That was how it. Was that? Um so it was letting them know the perishableness of the uh treats and mm-hmm. um most a lot of uh through the last 7 years, um a lot of pet retailers now do have freezer spaces because of raw and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it's not as hard now, but I still have to go and say, hey, would you like to carry my treats? Mm -hmm. Um, Some of them carry them and some of them are just pickup locations. So they um, just work with me um, and I bring people to their door and um, but they don't um, they actually buy directly from me. So they don't get a part of that profit when they just buy from me. But I still get give them some foot traffic. So it's mutually beneficial. Let's just say it's me. I'm the I'm the vendor that I'm going to be a pickup location. Yeah. And um, I'm just making something. I guess I, guess I could look. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll go with accurate pricing. Okay. So I'm going to go pick up a box of, of uh, blueberry cheddar uh, gluten free for ten bucks. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're, or I'm the vendor, mm-hmm. and Mr. Smith has ordered blueberry cheddar for his dog. Mm-hmm. He's going to show up to my shop mm-hmm. to pick up his order. Right. So what happens? What's in it for me then? is that I you drove traffic to my shop. Correct. And then I just hand off the. Yep. The so package. I bring okay. I bring you the uh, the order in a nice labeled paper bag so that no mm-hmm. one has any questions. Right. And you put it in your fridge or freezer until the customer gets there and says, "Hey, I'm here for my pe- pickup order." And um, and how was that received? Because that to me is a little like that. I don't know. I think it's a great idea. I just wonder how how did you find businesses to. Uh, so I actually um, the business that I started with it actually just um, closed probably a week ago, um, they were a dog wash company and they actually carried treats as well. So they did start, they were one of the first ones to start carrying treats. Um, mm-hmm. They had a single pup cake or single pup cakes and single cannoli um, and then the small biscuits um, so that, you know, the dogs that were washed, they could order something for their dogs on their way out um, right. for a little treat. Um, they liked it because because of foot traffic, people didn't know they existed. And they, when they mm-hmm. first got started, um, I think people knew me a little bit more than they knew them. So bringing mm-hmm. um, just recognition. And then plus they're on my website. I've got a nice little sign on all of um, that says where to find me um, okay. on my, at every event. So really I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing some extra marketing for them. And you know, when someone says, Oh, um, I'm looking for treats. Uh, what's the closest pickup location? I can ask them where they're at and tell them which one. And no, that's a really it's, it's a cool idea. Yeah. I like this idea for other companies to, yeah. to mimic too. I, I, I like this. I was just you know just trying to figure out it was what's in it. Yeah, it was for. a very partnership motivated. Um, uh, you know, I'm I want to be a part of the community, a part of Seattle. Um, so d- doing this seemed very natural. Um, you okay. know, my, my label maker is also in Seattle. Um, my sign maker is in Lake City Way. Um, mm-hmm. Just trying to find uh, other local vendors that I, that might benefit from both me and um, and my customers um, seemed like oh, the, a good way to go. Plus, I wasn't ready to do like 60 stores that like Mud Bay has. <laughs> um, so enough. starting small. I mean, yeah. yeah. Okay. One thing we haven't talked about is you've got dog beanie hats yes <laughs> you've got handmade hats for humans you've got bandanas yes and you've got stickers i mean you know what what business doesn't have stickers right well you're not you're not making the hats are you i am making the hats are you really i crochet hats yeah um actually i was working on it a little bit 
Okay, so if you saw how little she's accomplished during this interview, but, folks, it's it's a lot of work. Here's another one, but uh, okay. yeah, no, you I, didn't do that while we were talking. No, not while I was talking. Okay, I was okay, that okay. one was I was going to finish up, but okay. Um, so you're crocheting the hats. Yes, I crochet the hats. So it actually started with me making myself a hat and putting a pop, um, figuring out thanks to the internet how to make a paw print out of crochet, and so okay. I. Sewed a paw print on my hat and I was wearing it because it gets cold in the winter time in in Seattle, in Minnesota, in Minnesota. <laughs> well, in Minnesota, but even in Seattle too. When you're standing no, outside of the Ballard Farmers Market in the winter, it's really cold. For, so, do you for make matching hours. hats for humans and their oh yes. their dogs or dogs and their humans? Yes, I can make the matching hats. I do custom hats. Um, but after I made one for myself and people were like, oh, I like it, I started making more human hats. And then, um, you know, right before COVID, people were like, why don't you make dog hats? And of course, there's always like, why don't you make dog sweaters? But that's a much bigger. So to put it in perspective, the human take hats probably take me about five hours or so, give okay. or take. Um, maybe not uninterrupted time because I will actually crochet the hats while I'm at events. And then the right. dog hats are about one to two hours. So the bigger ones, of course, take a little bit more out, more time. Um, but they are not uh, a small amount of time because, you know, I, and I haven't been crocheting the whole time during this interview. So No, no, I t- totally tease you. Come on now. You, you, you've obviously picked up. I'm going to tease you for about yes. everything. So so the bandanas, you're yeah. not so, you're not doing the band. No, I'm not. I'm not manufacturing okay. the bandanas. There's actually um, another company that has a good name. It's called uh, Buttheads Bandanas. <laughs> um, and her it. corgi is the her mascot um, for for that company. But she actually uh, was able to take some of my. Um, my, a picture of my cakes and my logo and make a custom um, uh, material for some bandanas. And then she came up with a couple of the designs for the other side. So um, she made the reversible bandanas that go over the collar. And then I use them for both marketing um, freebies and people can buy them too. Um, but it seems like a good business to have, have something else that I don't have to make. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Thank you. I'm looking at them on a, on a larger now. Yes. Okay. Yeah, they're they're nice. They're they're really good quality, and um, you know, I like that that it's got my branding on one side, but then we've got the adventure dog, the um, golden rock and, and paw prints, and then the uh, snow dog is my one that I did um, the one for for last winter. Um, but yeah, I'll probably okay. just you know, it they're fun and. There's something that, you know, when someone is looking for an auction item, it's something easy that I can give away. Um, right. You know, right. good prize. Um, plus, they're, you know, they're cute and some people actually buy them and that's great. Okay. <laughs> okay. Do you take these to the markets with you? Yes. I always have them with me at the markets. Um, and then it just depends on when I run out because I the uh, goldenrod and uh, paw prints ones was my first one that I made. And I did run out of a couple different sizes on those ones. But, you know, maybe I'll make another run or another run of something similar. Probably not the exact same. But, um, yeah, it's it's nice to have something that's not perishable. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Because that's uh, one less thing to think about there. What's on the horizon what's what what are you cooking in the lab are you are you trying new are we going to put you know i don't know well, I, cherries and <laughs> blue cheese together I, I i don't know that would probably work but that actually um, sounds pretty good but. yeah actually probably work. um but no what what's 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 the next phase look like yes so i have been thinking about i haven't I've been a little too busy to be in the exact right creative mind for it, but my next treat will definitely be fish-based, so I can have a fishy treat. Um, mm. I'm I'm not sure when this is going to happen at this point, but that's okay. definitely my next um, um, recipe idea. And since I'm still mostly mostly a one woman show, um, I do mm-hmm. have some help with some events. Um, Sammy's a great person um, that does my some of my Ballard Farmers markets, 
Mm-hmm. And um, I have a couple people, um, you know, keep, keep making sure that I've got some help with the baking days. So they aren't so mm-hmm. long. <laughs> um, right, right. But other than that, um, I am I'm doing all the marketing myself and all the other hats um, I take mm-hmm. care of. So I haven't felt in the right creative space. Um, but I do have some connections with fish vendors and I really want to come up with a fun idea. I think it's going to be a biscuit. I was thinking maybe a pup cake, but I think the biscuit might be the better option. Um, okay. I don't know. It, it depends. I'm, I'm still trying to figure out how to make fish into a, a savory treat for a dog. Because <laughs> um, I, you know, there's plenty of other companies that do the fish skins and the dried things. And right. I could do that, but that would be, that wouldn't be the bakery type of aspect. And So do you ever envision a brick and mortar location? Possibly. Um, Right now I'm actually trying to decide if I want to continue the market range or go towards the the, uh, brick and mortar. But I think the big big kicker for the brick and mortar is I would need to have a kitchen inside the brick and mortar to make it doable, to make it feasible. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, when you spend a whole eight hour day at the bakery just to have enough treats. Right. You you can't be closed for, you know, gone baking sign on right. the door. Well, you could, right. but that might not work as well. Right. But then I okay. wouldn't have any time off. And, you know, I am trying to have a life, too. Sure. Okay. <laughs> well, as we, as we wrap this up, what didn't I ask you that I should have? Um... Well, uh, so I've really become a a big proponent in the dog community. Um, I love dogs. Um, I didn't grow up with them, and Cora being my first one, I've really just kind of jumped head in. And one of the things that I really enjoy doing is supporting the rescues. Um, We didn't get Cora from a rescue, but we did rehome her from someone else on Craigslist. So Mm -hmm. um, Huskies are very challenging. And, uh, you know, someday maybe we can maybe we can be a little bit of a halfway house for Huskies. Who knows? Like that's that's maybe way in the future. We have to have a place to live that's our own first. Right. But um, I'm a really big proponent for the rescues and. One of the things that I do with the hats is I actually donate 15% of all hat sales. Um, so everything that's not perishable <laughs> okay. um, to animal rescues quarterly. So um, the last two quarters I've donated um, about $450, $500 to um, rescues. And that is definitely part of our mission is to give back. And, um, you know, when we were getting started, it was a lot more of going to these rescue events to make sure that we can be there and support and be like a sponsor, um, booth sponsor, whatever. Um, but now that we've got uh, the capital and I feel like we've got, I've got a product that I can really give back with, um, mm-hmm. you know, that's a big part of it, big proponent. And we just rotate quarterly. And um, yeah. I'm looking at this. One of my friends works, volunteers at the Washington, Alaskan Malmute. Yes. Um, there are yeah. there are um, second quarter donations um, or yeah. receivers. No, that's that's wonderful that you're yeah. doing that. Yeah, um, we they were a big proponent. So, Cora's not a Malamute; she's a Husky. But sure. honestly, they're but, they're um, they're both very similar in in yep. temperament and um, fluffiness. <laughs> so, <Right. laughs> definitely worth uh, donating and. Uh, we we've met quite a few friends from them, so they, we've done some events with them before too. So, okay, um, yeah, yeah, it's just good to it's a good way to be able to give back monetarily, um, and then of course we always um, donate to all the dog and cat rescues too. So I guess that was one thing that didn't come up. My treats are good for cats too. <laughs> okay, I I make sure that all my treats will be good for cats. But cats are cats, so it depends mm-hmm. on the cat if they like them. Mm-hmm. Right, right. No cats. So we have three cats and a dog. Oh, yeah. wonderful! I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. Cats, cats. Yeah. C- okay. Cats have lots of opinions too, and they're not afraid to share. No, them. no. So, like, why did you bring this animal, this puppy, into this art? We're still um, getting used. Our house to is puppy. like. A d- yeah, it's, we got a big part of the house is a demilitarized zone. Gotcha. You know, the dog is in there. The cats aren't. The cats are in there. The dog. Yeah. 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 It's it's all in good fun. Yes. Um, so 
that's I think it's wonderful that you're donating that um, uh, the the fixed you know the hats to to local uh, nonprofits that are helping animals because mm-hmm. they need it. Yes. Where can people find you online? What do you what's your what's your social media uh, platform of choice? Yes, my main my main social media platform is Instagram. So we're at Puddles Barkery. Um, all the dogs are on Instagram. And so I have actually have a very happy Instagram space on the Puddles Barkery because we follow all the dogs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And then, of course, you can go to our website at uh, puddlesbarkery.com. Um, on our website, we also have all of the events that we're going to be at at our event page. Um, and we all, we do have a blog, um, a new, a monthly blog slash newsletter that we send out. So we've got good information, um, about our treats, but also about local things happening. Um, since Cora tore her ACL, I'm actually going to, um, republish our, um, hiking with hiking with wheels post because we, um, we've gone to a couple new hikes where we were able to, I was able to bring the stroller and Cora and, um, do the hike with her, um, for as long Mm -hmm. as she was able to walk and then in the stroller afterwards, which is not her favorite, but you know, we still get to get out then and do the hikes. Okay. Well, thank you for making the time to, uh, to talk with me today. I'm, I'm excited to follow you and your journey and, thank um, you. I'm really looking forward to the, you know, blueberry cheese fish cake. There's, there's your, there's your, blueberry there's your idea mm. to take away from this episode. Yeah, I don't know mm. about that one. No. I, I'm, I I'm thinking maybe if I do anything, it'll be the sweet potatoes and the fish might be okay. <laughs> you don't sound convinced. <laughs> I don't like sweet potatoes, oh. so I, I know, I, I know. I guess you're, you're probably right, but I just, that's my personal. Like, oh, I don't care for sweet potatoes. <laughs> So anyway, thank you so much for making this happen. Yes. No, thank you so much. It was lovely to chat with you and uh, we'll see you around the Seattle area. Absolutely. Join us next time for another episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast.